Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Presented by the Choctaw Casino and Resort in Durant. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew. Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, welcome back. It is the unofficial 40 right here on Soonerscoop.com. Glad to have you guys with us on uh, this well, let's see. It's uh, I don't even. It's June, right? June sixth, seventy uh, fifth anniversary of D Day, uh, which uh, I'm curious. I, I am really. I know Josh has to have seen. Eddie, please tell me you've seen Saving Saving Private Ryan. Please tell me. Oh, oh, oh. okay. Trying to censor me, Russia. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm American. I've seen okay, Private Ryan. Thank God. Uh, Band of Brothers. Any of that? Yeah, I've seen a little bit of it. I, okay. I I can't say that I've watched every episode, but I have seen it. I that's one thing that I will give the olds. I uh, appreciate the what they did. I appreciate the On service this that they made. Of days. Uh, no, but I am fascinated by anything that has to do with like any of the uh, Nat Geo, uh, like Vietnam in. Uh, and it's I know that's not what it is, actually. but I I watch a lot of that stuff. Put it that way. I don't even have to ask Bob. I can tell by the way he's nodding his head that he's seen all that stuff probably yes. 50 times. Yes. I'm more of a Civil War guy. But oh, my. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. World, but World War II stuff. Is you hard. love the South, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bob, we are not advocating for slavery on this podcast. My favorite so you know. war is this racist. That was quick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my favorite war movie, though, is probably Stripes. I d- did they go to war? They just took that RV into a bunker. Yeah, basically, war. Sergeant when Sergeant Holka went down, that RV was a piece of shit. What? <laughs> Had like guns on the side. <laughs> Thing was awesome. First half of Full Metal Jacket. And I haven't turned Josh up at all, and I just realized that I'm sorry, Josh. <laughs> Josh uh, has no, no opinion. I, you, no, I had no idea. Like, because I was about to say something, I was like, "Oh, no, I, I won't dive in." So I haven't said anything. We've missed nothing. I, I, I thought maybe that might have been a trigger that Josh might have had strong feelings for the RV on stripes or something. No, I do like an RV. I, I am absolutely the guy that's going to take his family to the Grand Canyon in an RV. Like, that's going to happen. Oh God, I'm in trouble. The Great American Eddie's dream uh, is to have an RV for Scoop, and now awesome. that Josh is in the Great oh, American uh, road trip. I, I think it's fantastic. Now, I for the Scoop crew, I kind of lean PMT's way, like an old shitty Volkswagen would be pretty amazing. I yeah, do no, like old we, Volkswagen. We have to be able to work minutes. out of it, though. <laughs> yeah, we're not just well, going to do is crammed a, this interviews. Is a, this is a it. service vehicle. 
But this have you seen joy. the new one? Like the one that they're um, yeah, they ID, can, like they can barely fit in it for Grit Week. It was terrible. I mean, no, 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 no. I, I mean, like Volkswagen has brought back their old van and they're trying to Ooh, revitalize it. Like, and it's got like workstations in it. Like, it's a whole thing. Well, I mean, if we could get the Sooner Scoop uh, wrap around it. It would that might be something. See, that's a problem Bam. because when we go on the road, people are gonna just slash our tires. Not like if the security's they, sitting outside. What like, security? how much money do you think we have? Who's our we security? We can hire somebody. <laughs> there has to be a former football player that's not doing anything that'd be interested in beating up people. That seems like a, a, a terrible generalization of former players. Hey, we all saw the thirty for thirty. There's some guys out there, even the ones that really had a lot of success that are going through some pain. No, I mean, look, there's a reason they have, you know, and they need to have better and better, you know, like the Sooners helping Sooners thing. There's a reason for those things. Like my dad, my my best friend's dad, who just passed away recently, he was really big into that, the Port, Port Robinson uh, scholarship fund, the postgraduate stuff. They just had the dinner for that, didn't they? A couple weeks ago? Yep. They... Sure did. Well, we're potting today. Uh, we're kind of in a little bit of a rush. I mean, it won't be a super short show, but uh, the reason is Lon Kruger is going to meet with the media uh, this afternoon, so Bob and Eddie have to get over there. But he is going to introduce, and Bob, you are all on top of this one. He's going to introduce uh, his newest assistant and, his, and talk about his new uh, staff after the loss of uh, Chris Crutchfield and uh, who else? Oh, his son. His son. Yeah, his son. yeah, it's going to you know, be cool to talk to him about Kevin leaving and... Uh, Molinari coming in and Pooh Williamson being officially announced yesterday. Davion Harmon, Victory Walker, like the 2019 class has arrived. The rule, the rule changes. So Three point line moving back. Indeed. To the I in, think it's a good thing. International uh, length and 22 so, feet, right? Yeah. So it, it'll be good to talk to Lon for about 10, 15 minutes, kind of get his thoughts because. If they don't have a trip, and I haven't heard anything, no last minute thing, they don't have a trip. They can't practice. You can't watch them practice. Oh, okay. There's no organized media events that come. Uh, I think that's that was what I got caught up on. So they're not playing in a preseason or a summer thing. So that's why we can't stay around because they are practicing today, aren't they? Probably. I mean, they they had their like when I was today's talking- their first. Day that you can't practice. Yeah, when I was talking to Harmon, he's mentioning, you know, we're having meetings Sunday, Monday. I'm getting there Saturday. I'm all fired up. So, I mean, they're definitely all all there and going through their stuff. We kind of talked about it uh, before you left. Or, no, it was after you left last week on the pod was just as far as the Pooh Williamson connection back to Tulsa makes a lot of sense with uh, what they're trying to do and especially with his connection into Oklahoma, Texas, and uh, Kansas. I think they put on the press release that – I think of his 18 years, 15 have been spent recruiting that area. So it makes a lot of sense in that area uh, as far as especially with uh, their pursuit of uh, the five-star Bryce Thompson, I would think, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, just as we saw what Brian Odom has been able to do in terms of football with the kids in state, it just, you get that different perspective when you've been there, when you were that guy going through, obviously, who was originally from Beggs. When you've got that perspective, you know how much it means to be recruiting in your own backyard. And I don't think that's the singular reason why he was hired, but sure. it's, it's not going to hurt his relationship with Rod and Bryce Thompson. 
And I would say, you know, that was a needed hire after losing Chris Crutchfield that was a very good recruiter. Um, you needed to bring in a guy that has a, a solid reputation as a recruiter, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, the, what, what Crutch did with Buddy Heald and Trey Young, I mean, especially Trey, and working on him since 7th, 8th grade and being able to keep him home. And now it's just something that OU can tout time and time again what the success they had. Yeah, you needed someone who's at that type of level, and you feel like Pooh can be that guy. All right, so uh, basketball, we're going to get into a little bit of that, so keep watching on Soonerscoop.com for all our coverage there. Uh, but it really has been recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. Uh, you guys, you know, Eddie and Bob have been out. Josh has been out. Uh, you went to Houston Satellite Camp. Uh, oh, you had their first elite uh, camp over the weekend. Josh, first let's start with you. And the Houston Satellite Camp, anything at all come out of that from uh, your perspective? Yeah, I mean, obviously the big news was just Oklahoma made an offer um, out of the camp. It's the same, uh, not same situation, but similar to last year when Oklahoma came out of the Houston camp and offered Princely Man Moline that, that they're still involved with. Uh, this time it was Brian Darby from uh, College Station A&M Consolidated. Very interesting guy, uh, kind of... Um, Probably about six foot, about 200 pounds, very well put together. That, that was the thing as I was watching him in camp. And honestly, why we don't have more video and pictures is, is in a camp like that where I don't have a roster or anything like that, I'm really just having to watch and see what I can see. And, you know, with 200 guys out there, it's tough to track everything. So it was kind of late in the camp before I realized, okay, this is a guy that Oklahoma seems to be focused on. I need to watch him a little more closely. And as you watch more and more, you're watching Lincoln Riley, like, setting up. You know, not like setting up, because he's not running the camp. But there were clear, like, okay, we want to watch this rep over here. We want him to be, you know, they, they were liking to try and, you know, him against a good corner, that kind of thing. So you would see a lot of that. And then I, they ended up making the offer at the end of camp. He tweeted it out. Um, when I went back and watched his tape, you see a guy that is very interesting because he can do a lot of different stuff. This isn't a guy that is a pure slot receiver or is a pure outside receiver. They do some jet sweep stuff with him in high school. They do some different stuff, and his body type is kind of unique. I can't really think of anybody on the current roster that I would say, okay, he kind of looks like that guy. He's real well-developed. Carrie, the best comparison I could come up with, he kind of reminds me of what I'm guessing Josh Norman looked like at the same age. Now, Josh got to be huge and was muscled up, and it, it, it's kind of hard for people to see it. But Josh was so big in the lower body, he was kind of built like a running back, and that's kind of how this kid yeah. is. So, like I said, I, and from what I hear, uh, I talked to him that night. Oklahoma is very, very high on his list. He's already working on when he's going to come up for a visit. I think Oklahoma, you know, if they choose to push here, they're going to be almost impossible to beat. How, how different is he from Mikey Henderson? You think he's more of a pure receiver. And the reason that I don't, you know, I know there's been some conversation. Well, like, is he in the same role? They see him the same way. There was nothing that I saw in the time I watched him with him working at running back or him even working as an inside receiver. You know, they weren't even putting him on the slot where he's working on linebackers or anything like that. I mean, he was outside playing as an outside receiver. So I, I think while Oklahoma can see some unique ways they can use him. And I mean, it's, I get that people see three-star and, okay, he's in College Station and A&M hasn't offered him, and there's a lot of reasons that I can understand people aren't sure about this offer. He's one of those guys that we look back four years later and you're like, 
I'm not sure anybody else could have gotten what Lincoln Riley got out of him, but that dude was a real. Like, Dimitri Flowers would have just been a guy in a hundred offenses in college football, but for Lincoln Riley, he was a legitimate weapon that defenses had to prepare for. I'm not saying this is the same type of player because I don't think he is, but he's kind of multi-purpose, and OU can do some unique things with him. I'm sorry, I'm looking at the old that's yelling pushing Kyle, Kyle Lowry, Lowry last night on TV. Sorry, Josh. <laughs> I mean, he didn't fine. even he didn't even land on him. He landed two chairs over, and he's pushing on him. He was just a no. Get off my chair. <laughs> Do you feel like Canadian? Oh no, that was in. Oh, no, that, that was, was in, yeah. Golden State. Yeah, he's mad about the homelessness, worse. you know, and the drug use. Uh, it's a problem. That guy doesn't live in Oakland. None of those people do. They're all they're all Bay Area. I mean, it's the Bay Area, but they're they're all San Francisco people. They're Silicon Valley. That's why they're moving it. They don't want to keep going to Oakland to go to games. Okay, uh, right, back on top. back on track. <laughs> uh, okay, so elite camp in Norman. I know there's a lot to get to there. Uh, uh. <laughs> well, a lot. <laughs> Okay, so there's not a lot to get to there. There's some some things to talk about there. How about that? Yeah, I mean, it, it just it wasn't showcase of the elite elite. I mean, I th- I think there's maybe a couple of names you can sort of circle as maybe just keep tabs on. Like, I mean, there's a reason why you haven't seen a whole lot of video on the side. Yeah, of that. I mean, there, there was there was Ethan Downs, the, and then there well, was well, and that, that was that was at the OLDL thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Okay. Yeah, t- talking about the the Saturday camp. That dude, was the Ethan Downs day. Okay. Like like dude's no, hard. Ethan Downs was on Monday. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. The OLDL was yeah, basically yeah. Ethan Downs. Yeah, yeah. like if it was Deuce Harmon. That was sort of his show Saturday. He's picked up a couple offers since. He's the younger brother, Davion Harmon, who of course is OU's crown jewel of the basketball class, and he's a nice, you know, nice prospect. But I don't know if he'll ever work his way up to being an OU level type of guy. And I'm not sure he has that type of size and his position or or, or length. Of what Alex Grinch and, and Roy Manning will will be watching for, he's got he's got the speed, and he's picked up a couple offers since. But I'm not sure if anything's going to materialize here later. The name that I liked was Jalen Logan Redding, and you know Eddie can attest to this. You may not know who the kid is, but when you see him, you're like, "That's a dude." I need to figure out who that is be, before I leave. He's a about six. Four two thirty maybe from Columbia, Missouri has a Texas offer, and now he's starting to actually pick up a lot more offers in the last twenty four uh, hours or so. But not sure OU's going to make that leap. You know, you mentioned that Thibodeau invited him a couple weeks ago, and he loved being out there. But not not sure where they go from from there. And then you look on a uh, Monday, and it's a lot like Josh said with with Darby. Where the coaches start to flock, that's how it was with with Ethan Downs, the 2021 prospect, Weatherford. That me and Eddie watched that practice a couple weeks ago. It started with Thibodeau, and then as it kept going, then it was Brian Odom, then it was Alex Grinch, and it was Ruffin McNeil, and they were all watching them. And you can tell that with each rep, they appreciated him taking the coaching and using it because Tibbs was on him hard in that first hour. You know, trying to bring out, like, show me why you deserve this offer. And every time it felt like Downs would respond in a positive way to where at the end of the camp, you wonder if he was going to get the offer. And his body language said no. 
But then it sounded like within the next hour, the offer was uh, official. And that, that should be a good cornerstone for the 2021 class in terms of getting kid in state that a lot of fans have been waiting for during the last couple, last couple months. You know, Josh, it's been kind of an interesting progression with in-state kids, I think, over the last decade or so, because I we've seen guys uh, where we've seen schools like Ohio come in and take Oklahoma kids. Uh, I'm thinking, you know, like South Dakota State, since John Flynn was there, they were coming in all the time. But uh, Wyoming then started coming in, and, and Air Force and those guys have always been uh, pretty present in, in, in the state of Oklahoma, but... It just seems like over the last several years, you're seeing more schools, more more power type schools come into Oklahoma looking at kids. I don't think there's any question. And I think, uh, you know, I really think part of it is the Josh Jacobs effect. I think you're yeah. getting schools that could have had him, could have recruited him, could have been on him all along. And they're kind of saying, well, okay, A, there's probably better talent in Oklahoma than we realize, which is something. I think everybody in this pod has said for a while, it's just a little bit of an underappreciated state. Secondly, you're getting, you know, we don't want to wait on these guys. We're going to go ahead and go in on them early. And I, I think that's what some of this is, because there are some in-state offers where, you know, I like the kid, but I'm like, man, that's a little, that's in front of where I have him. You know, like I, I don't see him quite that way. And that doesn't make me right, but it's not the way you've seen it happen in years past where, okay, that guy's about right. Okay. You know, I bet you some big 12s come in for him later, or he'll get a national offer come, you know, October, November after some senior tape is out there or whatever. Now you're not seeing that hesitation, you know, and that, and part of that is just the way recruiting is now. I mean, you're, you're seeing if a school hasn't made 120 offers, they feel like it feels like they're asleep. The you know, meaning like, of offers doing? not being it, is, is exactly. prominent, basically. Which we'll, we'll get into because I'm sure we're going to talk some <laughs> rankings and how a kid with a 700 offers should be a you know five star guy. Half the guys in the country have 30 offers, so you know, like I don't know how you differentiate that, but we'll get but, into that. But the reason I brought that up, Josh, is because it just seems like. OU is under more pressure than they've ever been to offer in-state kids uh, before they're really ready to do so, especially like Ethan Down's situation. I mean, uh, look at kind of the hard feelings that Miles Slusher had towards Oklahoma and maybe even some of his coaches or the people around him. Like, it's creating, to me, it seems like it's creating more animosity with all these schools coming in now uh, in offering that, that OU hasn't had to deal with as much in the past. I mean, they've always had to deal with it in some form because when you don't offer an in-state kid, uh, you don't offer a kid that leads the, you know, his, his, his classification tackles or something. I mean, there's mm -hmm. always been that, but now it just seems like there's so much more pressure on OU to evaluate these kids and, and keep up with these offers. If Louisville and, you know, all these places are coming in. Yeah. Jo Josh can well, talk, talk to this more, but you know, you mentioned someone like Slusher, mm -hmm. right? You get an LSU offer that doesn't have to be committable, right? Right. That doesn't have to be committable to the Tigers, but if you're OU and you offer, that's gotta be committable. Yeah. You can't burn bridges within your own state. And it's definitely putting the pressure on the, the Sooners to, you, you you don't want to say make the offer too too early, but then yeah, I mean there was some people. But that, if the offer is going to be made, they need it to be right. Yeah, they and, need it to be someone and, they're going to take. And there were people that felt they were waiting too long with with Downs when Penn State and LSU come come in because those are legitimate 
top tier power five programs. It's not like in Iowa State where you still like, yeah, that's that's not that big. Or of Texas a deal. recently. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's because that was after he camped at Texas, just like he camped in uh, Norman. But yeah, it's like, okay, you got to figure it out that that countdown is a lot shorter than it used to be to where you've got to make that call. I think Brendan Walker is another great example of you're seeing him start to blow up. People are wondering why you haven't jumped on them, and then you've got to make that call. Yeah, Bob's absolutely right. I mean, you know, you and, and that's something I, I've wondered because you look at this staff. Okay, you had Roy Manning. He's been at UCLA. He's been at Wazoo. Neither are the pick of the litter even in their own state. I mean, they're not the school that if the in-state guy gets an offer, he's at least going to give them – you know, proper credit. You know, I'm going to go visit them or I'm, they're going to be in my final five or whatever. That's USC. That's UW. Th- those are the way those schools work. Most of these guys haven't been at a program where if you make an in-state offer, it's at least a 50% chance you're going to get that kid. Like, and that, that's the world Oklahoma lives in. If they make an in-state offer, they have to know they will take that kid. Same as Texas and in, in the state of Texas. Same as, Arkansas and Arkansas, you know, or whatever the case may be, where one school is the brand so clearly for that state and is such a big deal to the people in that state and to the to the players. I mean, you know, we we've talked about this in the pod before. Nobody gets pissed off at Oklahoma State for the their comp- wildly lackluster recruiting in the state of Oklahoma, but everybody gets mad at Oklahoma. Why is that? Because everybody wants the damn OU offer. Like it means something. It's a bigger deal. And that's the way that goes. So you get all these people that are, oh, you know, use just shortchanging these kids and blah 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 blah. You know, I mean, like, and you what you're saying, where, what you're saying when it means something, it's it's legitimately it's currency. It it is sure. it, it it is validation of a kid uh, and his abilities. It, it 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 makes other schools immediately come in and look at that kid and look at his teammates and you know look at look at his film a little bit more. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you think Ethan Down showed up to Texas and Oscar Giles didn't pay him more attention because he just picked up an OU offer, you're crazy. Of course he did. And, it's, and it's, that's not an OU ego thing. The same thing would happen if a Texas kid picked up a UT offer and the next day camped at OU. OU's going to pay him more attention. There's you Because there is a feeling that a major program that can recruit on the same level we can thinks this guy's good enough to help them or, you know, at least wants to continue to evaluate him. But like you, I mean, Bob touched on it perfectly and, and slushers are a really good example. Everybody, you know, Oh, well, he's got the offer. That doesn't mean it's committable. And I don't, I'm not telling you that the LSU offer was or wasn't, or the Alabama offer was or wasn't. I can say that when you look at it on the surface, if you have a committable Alabama or LSU offer, you don't see a lot of guys pick Oregon. Yeah. Like, and that that's just, I mean, that's just what I'm saying. Like, it may have been and Miles didn't like. I mean, that's fine. Like, if that's what he wants to do. But that's not usually the way that plays out. So it makes you wonder, was LSU and Alabama pushing for him? And if they weren't, it doesn't matter. LSU can never recruit the state of Oklahoma again, and it does not change their program. Oklahoma cannot just screw kids around in their own state just the same way LSU can't in Louisiana. Okay, so uh, there is another elite camp coming up this weekend. Uh, the big news coming out of that one is uh, um, one of the best quarterbacks in the country is is closed or has named his top six. Uh, 
Brock, I want to say Vandegriff. Vandegriff. Van, I always want to call him Vandergriff. Uh, Vandegriff, he'll be in Norman. 2021. Uh, 2021. And uh, Redhead, right? Is he a redhead or am I thinking of somebody else? You were thinking of somebody else. I was hoping he was redhead. They Although Andy Dalton, I don't. He kinda, that's that's the exception to the rule. They don't make good redhead quarterbacks. Fact. Think about it. <laughs> I'm trying to think about it. They don't. There there aren't any. Well, I'm not. I don't. I don't like Andy Dalton. I've never did. So he's serviceable though. I mean, he started what like nine years in the league. Yeah. Uh, Are the. He might be. I, I, I'm looking at a picture I of him right now. I kind of thought he was a redhead. I thought he was a redhead, it's, but you shit I, on it so quickly. Josh, I see I, Sandy Red. Josh, Does that make you, sense? You, are, you you ta- are you talking about Andy Dalton? No. no. I'm talking about Brock Vandegrift. Vandegrift. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, he's I thought he was a hell. ginger. What are we talking he might be. He might be. <laughs> I mean. Carter I got, I got reverse fact checked by Eddie. No, it, it looks. <laughs> I. Um, I was quick triggered and I was wrong about that. I apologize to the Vandegrift family. I I think he might it be a little sandy. Apologize to Carrie. He might be. A, not I'm not apologizing to Carrie. He might be a little. He might be a little sandy red. Yeah, I, I think there's a little bit of that. Um, he had well, the night I saw him. He had that hat on the whole oh, time. Oh, so pop out. A little, little harder for me to be a full gauge. But looking at the pictures, there's there's definitely a, a tint of red in there. Uh, now I will say there about is those, one great redheaded quarterback. That kid has a cannon, though. How about the other poor yes. bastard quarterbacks that signed up to come to that camp, and Lincoln's not going to even you know, look their pay way. Him, pay him it, five uh, it, seconds I, I, of notice. I told you guys, and I joked with it about I joked with Bob about this on Saturday. But my favorite part outside of uh, seeing the annual jean short appearance at <laughs> OU football camps is. The guys that you can just tell that are like entering their senior year of high school that have shown up at that camp to get a scholarship from Lincoln Riley. Yeah. And that have no chance. Have no chance. That's that's my favorite part of the summer. God, that's cruel. That's not cruel. <laughs> that, that, that's that's an evil bastard. That's not cruel that's at all. Eddie that is you. realistic. No, I <clears throat> I think that's a good sign of kids that don't really understand how the process. Like you never see that kid from Jinx or Union. You see that kid from Union City. You remember? Or, you remember the you know, uh, somewhere small that just has no frame of reference. Right. You remember the Blake Griffin Daryl Drain commercial? No. What was that? It was like Blake Griffin was trying to get somebody to play basketball with him on two on two, and there was this kid. Is this there. a local thing? It was a Nike commercial. You don't remember Daryl Drain? I don't know who Daryl Drain is. I don't, he's I, like, I'm, I'm Daryl Drain. I make it rain. <laughs> and it's like this little kid, and he's got it, he's Eddie. got rec specs on. <laughs> look up, look up uh, Blake Griffin YouTube on YouTube. I mean, I swear, like there was a period of my life that I stopped watching commercials. I fast forwarded through everything. Uh, anyway, I I love the Daryl Drains. Uh, for the people that do know what I'm talking about, I love the Daryl Drains that show up. The five foot seven quarterbacks. They're just like, I'm going to come out here and make it rain. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. Throwing it all over. The, the, he's such a bad shot, but he's perfect at throwing alley-oops. The he kid that thinks he is here. absolutely 100% the next Baker Mayfield. Yes, yes. Because his grandparents told him that, and his dad told him that. There are going to be so many annoying... I mean, over the last two years, there had to have been so many annoying kids playing quarterback at these camps because of Baker Mayfield. I'm just like Baker. I'm just like Baker. Man. I got a, I got a heart like running to every every uh, drill. I used to think like maybe maybe I'll get on the field if I like just 
bust my ass and try to be like the first at you know at drills and stuff which like, obviously i never but was but baker wasn't a spaz though i mean like he was at elite 11 camps that we were at no it but wasn't i like guarantee you, you baker was that kid out. in high school that was the first one there you know like the 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 kid that the stereotypical overachiever the rudy I, I don't disagree with any of that. Because, I mean, think about what these guys are basing this on. I'm about six foot. I'm white. I'm a good, not great athlete. I can throw the ball a little bit. I'm more athletic than I'm, people give me credit for. I hate my doubters. You know, or no, I, actually, I heart my haters. So if I have those four qualities, I'm Baker Mayfield. Like, done. The last like, five years is a little more to it. The last five years in high school football has been a big years for the haters I, I mean that's it's always dedicated to them dedicated it to the hater you know, right. and it's always Sorry, the five I, had to, I had to sidetrack this thing at some point so no it's fine Continue I mean, we, these need serious to, discussion. we need to make that part of our YouTube channel we need to go out and and do a finding baker like find the next baker and just it'll be a joke though and we'll just make it really annoying white quarterbacks that, that are terrible but think they're awesome do Ouch. we? I mean, God, do like do we let them in on it? I like know. They are they know in? No, 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 not till the end. But they wow. do have to so, sign a waiver. So oh, it's like some, some so somewhat of a, uh, It's like an undercover boss, but at the end, instead yes. of getting a big prize, yes. Yes. you get told that you're not good enough. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you're not. Oh, and we'll have people. We'll have people show up like wearing like USC sweaters and stuff, and like they'll think they're getting an actual tryout in front of college oh, scouts oh, yeah. and stuff. Yeah, that's Clay Helton. You don't you didn't know that? <laughs> that's Chris Peterson right there. Yeah. Uh and then for like uh, Chris, every, and then every once in a while, we'll just throw in like a, oh yeah, that's Jerry Sandusky and Joe Paterno. You got to take a shower with them, just for fun, just to see if they catch on. <laughs> yeah, God. What, so like, are we gonna have more. like, are we gonna have like Bobby Bowden having a heart attack in the middle of the camp and stuff? Yeah, you gotta like the Bobby ba the Bobby Bowden portion of it is you have to sell a free pair of uh, Nike shoes. Or well, we steal need to them. get like our boy Nate Faken out there to like record them and, and we can do that. On News Channel Four. This is Oklahoma's top gunslinger. Hey, we can get. Did you we see can the, get my dad out there to play Jeff Fisher? My dad has a striking resemblance to Jeff Fisher. Really interesting. Yeah, larger, but but very like handlebar mustache, the whole thing. So it's funny. Uh, okay, uh, that was a really weird tangent. Uh, but Brock Vanderger, we really didn't... <laughs> we just hinted that he was going to be here. But getting to work with Lincoln Riley, uh, you know, putting them in their top six uh, as it stands right. He's 2021 kid. So, um, you know, that's the thing. I mean, we've talked a little bit about 2020 and, and you know, Beat what Oklahoma it, will do. But, <laughs> I mean, Josh, what do you... I mean, what do you? What does this do in terms of? And, and where do you think OU is with him? You know, Brock is a kid that I talk to some, but I lean a lot on Chad Simmons with him, and I think everybody, uh, Bob and I have. You know, we've talked about it in our group message. Chad's done an outstanding job of being on top of every angle of this. I mean, he's doing. Not only did he have the story ready to run when Brock announced his top six, but then he's got sit down interviews with. Brock talking about all six of the schools he's involved with and you know that's just that's amazing depth of coverage there so you know for people that that haven't seen it you know we had it up on, we have it up on the front page of the site you can go check and listen to about a six-minute interview where Brock's just talking about 
his relationship with Lincoln Riley and how well the first visit went and how excited he is to get back this weekend. Um, there is just – and when you, when you ask Chad, I think he picks OU right now. I think that's where he was about a week ago. I don't think anything's changed. When I – just talking to him and other people – I think it's no surprise that Georgia is a very real factor for him. I mean, he lives damn near in the shadow of, of the stadium. So, I mean, that's that's a real thing. But I think people that have, early on were taking it too far, I don't think it's like that. I, I think you UGA is real, but he's not a kid that grew up a Georgia fan or anything like that. So, I mean, there's not that same connection that I think a lot of people assume. The other one that I find kind of surprising that a lot of people talk about is Florida. I think they've really made a run at him. He's pretty impressed with Dan Mullen's kind of background. I can't say that I fully understand that. That's me editorializing a little bit there. But I, I don't but from what I can gather, they really like what Florida is presenting. I think what's going to be interesting is when he gets into these conversations where you look at guys like Fitzgerald and Prescott at Mississippi State and even back to Tebow at Florida, those guys are running 10, 15 times a yeah, game. Yeah. And does does that what Brock wants to do? That's great if he does. That's fine. And if not, then Mullen's going to have to change his offense. And then how interested are you in doing something that he's having to kind of invent on the fly as to where, you know, Oklahoma's shown an ability to kind of do whatever their quarterback tells him, you know, or whatever the quarterback's best assets are. Well, depending on what happens with Kyler Murray, I mean, all you have to do is say, do you want to be Dak Prescott or do you want to be Baker Mayfield? Yeah, that's what yeah. I was getting ready to ask you was just the fact that how much of this is just a direct reflection of the last three years in Norman, just as far as you come work with Lincoln Riley, special things are going to happen. Like with, without that on paper, this seems like this seems like five years ago, this would Brock Vandergriff would have been a nice story. He might've come to camp to do you never in a million years would have been a serious actual interest. You, you know what he would have been 15 years ago? He'd have been Brody Croyle. Brody okay. Croyle came to camp, yeah. visited, was interested, you know, gave OU plenty of attention, but was never going anywhere but Alabama. Yeah. I mean, that, that was just the way that was going to go. So, you know, I, I think you're dead on, Eddie. I think that's exactly what this is. Is Lincoln Rod? I mean, guys, I, I talked about it in Houston. Okay. There yeah. was UW, there was Utah State, there was, um, uh, North Texas, I think SMU had a couple guys there. There were several major programs, not major, you know, FBS programs represented. And, of course, one of them is, is Washington, and Chris Peterson was there. And there were a lot of people that just wanted to come up and shake Lincoln Riley's hand. I mean, just guys from various staffs, that kind of thing. I mean, there is a lot of currency in who he is right now. And people, you know, hey, man, you know, if, if – Kale Gundy gets a job or Bill Biedenboe gets a job. Think of me, you know, that, that kind of thing. So um, there are a lot of people that want to work with him and players flock to him. And that's why, to me, you know, I see people worried about all this different, you know, rankings or what, what's out there publicly or whatever. Well, okay, great. But I don't know how you worry about what they're doing offensively right now. With the coaches they have in place and the way they're recruiting, they're going to be fine. Josh, I touch a bit on this in a story tomorrow, but can you put in context what it means that someone like Brock is making a second unofficial visit just to camp in front of Lincoln Riley? Because, of course, Riley couldn't visit Brock throughout the spring period because he's a head coach. So how big, how important is a day like 
Saturday. I think it's huge. And I think, you know, Bob, you even add into it, this isn't a guy coming to camp hoping for an offer. He's got an offer. He could just show up and hang out, and Lincoln's not going to say boo about it. Like, that. that's fine. Like, OU's, I, I, I have no doubt that they love they're going to get to work with him and run him through some of their stuff and just kind of pace him out a little bit. But at the same time, he doesn't have to, and he just wants to come work with Riley. I think probably for the same reason that Lincoln wants to see what Vandegrift's about when he works with him a little bit, I'm sure Vandegrift feels the same way and wants to see what it's what it would be like to work with Lincoln Riley, what he's going to tell him, what he can teach him. And, you know, being the kid he is, and I've like I said, I've talked to him enough to kind of know, I, I would expect he just wants to get better. You know, he, he's just kind of wired that way. Uh, co- you know, God, all the cliches, coaching kid, hard worker, all that stuff. So um, Vandegrift, like I said, I, I think it's huge for Oklahoma. He's been to Florida two or three times this spring, so this is a good way for OU to kind of stem that tide. Like I said, Georgia, he lives right down the road from. Um, and he's been just to repeatedly. Did, he yeah. just did the Florida camp. He did the yep. exact same thing last uh, last weekend. Exactly. I, I think it. You know, it's interesting because you don't know what a kid's looking for. I mean, obviously. God, I mean, I, this is bad. I mean, I, I don't want to get into, well, I was playing baseball and traveling across country. Talk, but, like, I remember, drink. I, remember, <laughs> I remember going to, like, camps and stuff, and I was like, I hope he doesn't try and screw up my swing. Like, like that's like, you, you, I wonder, like, if from his mind, what are the things he's looking like? Is he going to come in here? Is he like, well, I hope he doesn't want to change how I throw the football. Um, but, I mean, he obviously wants to know I mean, what he doesn't Lincoln know, Lincoln Riley too. told me to get a boner before I threw a football, I'd be like, yeah, maybe he might have a point here. It's going to look awkward, <laughs> but he might have a point. I don't think he's going to do that. I don't think he will either, but I'm just saying, like, I would do drastic things if I'm a quarterback and Lincoln Riley told me to do it. But yeah, maybe, maybe I should. Well, like, okay, Kerry, perfect example. If Ted Williams told you to change your swing, you'd change your damn swing. Yeah, Actually, but you might not. You're stubborn. Ted, I don't no, know. Ted Williams hit 400. I mean, of course Lincoln I. Lincoln Riley's put out two Heisman <laughs> winners and two number one picks. Like Ted Williams' head is also off Will- of his body and frozen. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it really, and they did change my swing. I mean, every time you go to a coach, they want to have you yeah. do it the way that you know they teach everyone else. Kerry's like, still chasing down look, the guy that ruined his MLB no, dream. No, 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 no. Because he like, changed his swing. Like, I knew if I went to Oklahoma State, Gary Ward would completely break down your swing and build it back up. Like, that's just what Gary Ward did. Never won a national championship. I wouldn't listen to the guy. <laughs> there you go. Uh, he did produce Robin Ventura. I think Robin Ventura produced Pete Robin Cavillian. Ventura. I'm not going to say any other names because I'm like, we're not, we're not ripping on people that are injured right now. I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah, good. Uh, moving on. No, but I I mean Listen, I've prayed for some things. I I think yeah, I bet. Uh I I think you know probably what he he wants to know what he doesn't know. Like he wants to see how he's going to be wowed by Lincoln Riley, what he's going to tell him about playing quarterback that he doesn't know about playing quarterback. I mean, and I got to think Lincoln Riley of all the places he's going to go, like he's going to he, Lincoln Riley's going to be at the top of the list of people that will teach you things that you don't know. The one thing I'm wondering is now that Van de Griff News is out there and it's for everyone to know, will any regional receivers decide to make the trip to Norman to work with Brock hmm. just to see what it's like to work with him? 
Just so, and so Brock has some good guys to be trying to throw the ball to hmm. Saturday. Interesting. Uh, okay, so we've got the elite camp coming up this weekend. Um, rankings have come out. Josh, <laughs> would you like to uh, speak to any ranking? Did he just hang up? He's uh, done. I'm out of here. I, I'm just, I'm just I feel like my head on the microphone. I feel like we need to play the like the country and western like. Bong, bong, bong. You know what I'm talking about? I, like the like what they played in Greece before they gave no, the school announcements. No, I think he's talking about like a showdown at you know. Oh, the I know what you're talking uh, about. Yeah. Yeah, like, dun, 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 dun. I like. I think I like the radio of you guys you trying guys to make been, that sound better you, than me doing this. Josh and Bob have been fighting the good fight on the board. I'm too scared to even click on the thread, let alone <laughs> I want no, jump in. I want no parts of that. By the way, I, I will say this. Uh, before we get into that madness, I want everyone to know, Josh and I have both made our... Um, objections known about the whole brew mccoy thing like and i can i'm with you we are both with you we feel like texas should not get credit for the guy because he got they got they texas got a bump that put them over oklahoma uh and now he's leaving he he never got any waiver never applied for a waiver i don't even know if hell if you can say that he ever legally attended texas other than that he played in the spring game but we we both i mean josh took his battle to mike farrell i took mine to john tallman the head of rivals uh we discussed it with him they heard us on multiple occasions and i don't think anything's gonna change but just let just so you know we believe it should change and my suggestion i don't know josh if you made any suggestions but my suggestion was Let's get rid of the policy that we started. If if the stuff with Chris Steele is going to happen, if the stuff with Brew McCoy is going to happen, just say it's who they signed with. And I think Rivals' position is uh, when things clear in February, then that's when they mark it down. And so because Brew McCoy transferred before the February signing day, they're going to, I get the feeling they're going to leave it where it was. Yeah. And that, that's what I got to. And it's, it's one of these situations where I don't like the conclusion that they've come to. I don't agree with it because Texas is getting credit for a player that will never play a snap of football for them. And at this, I mean, and you know, like you, if you want to take that real far, I get that you could say, well, Tate Martell never played at Ohio State. Should he count as a Miami commitment? No, like, don't be dumb. But just Tate Martell under- did come in and goal line packages, though, for them. You're right. You're right, he did. You're right. I had did. that same wow. argument with, with John Tallman, which it sounds yeah. like you had the same argument with Mike Farrell. I won't lie that Martell's name may have come up. Yes. Um, but, you know, my, my point more being, like, I understand they set a date of basically the first Wednesday in February, wherever you are, that's the class you're part of. And and I right. get that. Because you do have to set a date. You can't just leave it forever. And when Lynn Magruder transfers from Oklahoma or from Tennessee to Oklahoma as a junior, suddenly he's an Oklahoma commitment three years before. Like that doesn't work. I understand that. But still, you've got to allow that with the transfer portal, things are changing. This is not going to be the last time this happens. And I think Brew is an interesting situation because he happened, he, you know, he enrolls early, he changes before the, the 
first Wednesday in February. I understand that. Like, I, I understand where Rivals is coming from. I disagree with what they've resolved in the situation. I think it's more of a, okay, we're going to live under the old rules and kind of work that way rather than saying things are going to change. We're going to have to be a little more flexible. But you do have to set a date. To me, August 1st makes a lot of sense because you get through with all this yeah. and then what, whatever roster you're on, you're, you're headed into the football season. Nobody's leaving really at that point in the year. And that way you move forward. And I, I do. I hate it for Oklahoma fans. It kind of sucks. Is it a big deal at the end of the day in the, in the real world? No, it's not. I mean, Texas jumps Oklahoma in theory because of a player that will never play at Texas. So if you want to say, in reality, Oklahoma is a better class than Texas, cool. That's fine. I don't think it really can be argued against. But on paper, you know, I, I think Kerry's right that it's probably going to stick and McCoy will be part of the class because that's the rules they've set up and they're living within them. And it just kind of so happens that it, it that comes OU out fans get screwed. Yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah. We're now, what, two years into Transfer Portal? Or no, just no, one. Just one. Just one. Yeah, yeah like we're two. still adjusting, still figuring it out. I think we out. are almost getting close to there's some problems, and this is going to be an well, issue West that Virginia, the NCAA there are has definitely to work problems. with. <laughs> I don't. What the hell is going on up there? Like, there is there a safety coach a, a lunatic? What what's wrong up there? I've always assumed West Virginia had a good flea market, and I, that's what it feels like. It's just dudes just running anywhere, and you just go grab what's safety and keep moving. It's uh, wild. Now, I, I've talked to a few people, and it sounds like it, it doesn't sound like this is like one thing where they got, you know, there was a party and there was a fight or something that they're all connected by. This, like, one guy, apparently there's some academic issues. Another, you know, I, I think the new staff isn't crazy about him as a player. And the third one, I can't quite get a solid answer on. And I think it's the Derek Pitts kid that OU recruited once upon a time. Um, but in all the cases, I think Oklahoma would take a look. I don't know, based on what I've heard, if it could go a lot farther than that. But we'll, we'll kind of keep checking on that and see. But I mean, I know safety is a spot they wanted to look in the grad transfer. It just seems but, I mean, like, your the, point, Eddie, as, yeah. a, as a whole, the transfer portal has become maybe not what people thought it was going to be or maybe that it's it's being used more than people thought it was going to be definitely it's been Definitely used more, more. Yeah. yeah so it's being taken advantage of i guess is probably the best way it's to say turned it. in, i think it's turned into what coaches feared it would turn into most sure. which is uh a, a, a quick divorce every time something doesn't go your way well it's basically i mean if you're a in if i'm a student athlete or if i'm somebody that's looking to get out of there I'm working my ass off to get out of school in three years, yeah. graduate, and then basically do what Austin Kendall did. Go wherever did. you want to go. You can yeah. go wherever you want to go and have two fit. years to play left. Yeah. And then, like we've talked about before, if you're Brew McCoy, you can do what you did. But for majority of these kids, they're learning. Just sure, they leave. Also, now they're going FCS or Division Two because there's just not enough spots. Oh, there's definitely two sides to it for sure. Yeah. Well, what and it, it, what it helps if you're a five star <laughs> one, Mister right. Everything. What the kids don't understand. And is and nobody understood it this way, but how it's worked is for the kids that enter the transfer portal, it's more like they're entering the NFL draft more than they're going free agency because I think they thought that they could just pick and choose wherever they wanted to go. Yeah, but they're finding out not everybody can take me, even though they might want to. It, it's like it's almost like a uh, in a way. This might be a really bad example, but Josh, you might get it because I know you play fantasy baseball. But it's almost like. Schools have a waiver wire, yeah. Yeah. and it's like 
you got to get to the top and then you have your selection and then it's the next school up. Yeah. And they have their selection of all the guys. Yeah. I mean, it's, but you're right. The only way to it's, really it's make it up, to be honest, the only way to really make it free agency is if you do graduate uh, and you were a starter and you're because in that in that situation, you're leaving in good standing. Like the transfer portal, I have people call me all the time. Like, what do you know about this kid? Why did he leave? Because it, it raises so many questions about you and your character and your stick to itiveness and all this stuff. It just, I think it, you have you when you enter the portal, you immediately have a stigma that you don't have if you're a graduate transfer. Yeah, for sure, it comes with baggage. There's no no question, and and especially with some of those kids that then transfer from uh, Power Five and don't end up anywhere then there really becomes a lot of questions about what happened to make him leave and why hasn't he been picked up by anybody why he's not on the radar for any school like in his region or anything of that nature okay so we talked about the brew mccoy situation um let me wrap that up real quick basically kind of how josh and i feel about this and josh feel free to step in if i'm talking out of turn we're not asking anyone we're not we're not telling you we're not holding, you know, we're not going to tow the company line on this thing. We're not sitting here saying, oh, you know, just let it work out. The rivals is doing the right. Like, we don't agree with it. We don't. We're not going to be dicks and, you know, start a, a campaign against rivals or anything. Uh, and we're not going to tell you guys to not be upset about it or how to feel about it. Um, it's, it is what it is. And we don't think it was done right. Uh, it's not a common sense thing to us. It's it's. It's a standards thing um, that Rivals is, is trying to uphold. Uh, but, like Josh says, it, it catches OU fans in the middle of it. So, you know what? In the end, say whatever you want to say about it. We're not going to censor anybody. This would have been a good time to say, and by the way, you can pick up a Rivals Hates OU t-shirt. <laughs> we won't feel bad when those go on sale. Insert link. At all. And those will be coming to a store near you. And by store, I mean Soonerscoop.com. Yes, somewhat. Uh, well, Josh, do we want to hit on some of the uh, current rankings that aren't you, yeah. McCoy? He doesn't want to, but he has to. <laughs> yep. I, well, I've just talked about it so little. It feels like I'm going to bring something fresh to this conversation. I'm ready. Uh, you know, I, I think you. we can at least start on the one thing I did really like, and that's Nate Anderson making a big move, going from three stars well into the Rivals 250, just knocking on the door of the 100. Uh, to me, he's a 100 talent. Guys that are six four and a half, six five, two seventy can move like he does. Those guys are just rare, and it's one of those things where almost no matter how highly we rank him, I feel like we're going to end up thinking like, "Oh, he could have gone a little higher" because he's going to work with Bill Bedenboe, and you're like, "That dude's going to just be unbelievable given a little time." So he's he's a guy I like a lot. I, I love what I think Oklahoma is going to finish this offensive line group like, and he's a huge part of that. I mean, he, you know, I've, I've penciled him at tackle. I've talked to some people that say, do not ride out center. Him being that heir apparent to Creed and being a great athlete that can do a lot of stuff inside, he'd be unbelievably athletic. I mean, more so than even a guy like, you know, like Creed. Um, and, being a guy that's sharp enough to pick up what they want to do. So there, he just has a lot of versatility. Um, you get into the things that I don't understand. Uh, Ryan Watts is a four-star. He, he achieved that ranking. For those that haven't seen it, uh, it just happened here Thursday afternoon, uh, I guess Thursday morning. And, you know, as a guy, that I had a chance to see him live. It was in an indoor practice. I, I can't say that 
I saw enough to be like, well, that's a top 50 guy in the country. But I did see enough to know that dude has some freakish ability. I mean, there, there's some stuff that he has that few guys in the country can match. Now, he's long and he's kind of lanky, and that, that's going to be interesting to see how that plays. He's got a lot of development to go through. He's very raw right now. But there is just a whole lot to like. And when you compare him to Jahari Rogers, who, let's just be honest, Oklahoma has chosen to pursue Ryan Watts and is not really that active with Rogers right now, they made a choice for a reason. They prefer Watts. Now, that can be scheme. That can be a lot of different things. But I don't think they're off base. I think Rodgers is another guy that has a lot of talent. But I don't think he has the versatility that Watts has that can move and change positions. Um, Dante Manning, the other corner, is a guy that, from the Kansas City area. I get why people are upset. His tape is outstanding. ESPN and 24-7 have gone all in on his ranking. To my knowledge, neither of those networks have seen him in person either. I would be more hesitant to put a guy in my top 50 in the country if I'd never seen him in the flesh. That that just People don't understand, especially at corner, there's a lot of stuff you can see in person that doesn't show up on tape. And as much as I like him on tape, I probably couldn't go higher than 175 to 200 on him right now. I just haven't seen enough. I don't have enough information. You need to I'm see gonna go the hips. See him this, yeah, I'm going to go see him this year. I'll watch his hips, watch his feet, just see the overall size. When you add in his track times, that checks a question. I mean, he's a legit sprinter. I mean, he's going to turn and run with just about anybody. So there, there's a lot that I like. I just want to see his feet. I want to see his movement. Uh, you know, I want to see him, you know, what does he do when, you know, he plays against receiver that can push him, that can compete, that kind of stuff. We don't, we don't know those things because he didn't, like I said, he didn't go anywhere. So no one's really seen him. So we'll see. But I mean, th there's some other stuff, you know, that I, I, you know, don't love Noah Nelson kind of falling out of the 250. I don't think a lot of people notice that. I don't have a huge problem with that. Um, I, I, Noah is a guy that I think has potential, but when I see him compared to some of the other guys I think that I'll see in this class on the offensive line, I don't think he's quite on that same level for me. And that's, you know, that's no shot at him. That's just how I see it. But, you know, and Bob, if you have anybody you want to talk about, certainly, you know, I don't want to take up all the time. But, I mean, it's just there are some rankings I have some issues with. And, you know, I, I think over time they'll get corrected. Yeah, I think the two I always have gone back to and nothing changed with this latest update is Andrew Rame and Seth McGowan. And it's just because yeah. they started so high and yet they kept dropping and it was just so hard to figure out why they kept dropping when, in my opinion, they keep getting better instead of regressing. They're not guys that maxed out as freshmen and sophomores. They're guys that are still getting better still reaching potential but yet they're on the cusp of almost falling out of the 250 now they both of them never should i, I don't think they will but it's the fact that they're even on that borderline that just sounds confusing josh if you were going to give twitter handles for people to complain to most who would it be <laughs> to complain to, <laughs> to the complain, most because uh -huh. you wow, got a gripe somewhere is, just imperil that is vicious. Now, hey, I do want to say Seth McGowan did move up a little bit in this ranking. So that you know, it's not where I'd have him, but like it's it's just weird right that direction. he went. Well, he was like at forty, right? From his he initial started at start, twenty. Tw he, he, wow. right, at one point, no, I'm, you're right. He started at 44 40. and moved to twenty, and then he yeah. he moved down to like two twenty or something. It's like mm -hmm. how? What did he I, do? Did they find out he was a redhead? 
<laughs> probably neck he structure. seems to have an athletic head I mean, you know. <laughs> that's all that's the only confusion is that why those yeah. two just made huge uh, drops out of what i felt nowhere by Not, the way i feel good about vandegrift's head <laughs> it's a good one yeah it's athletic good good good, uh, good. let's let's hope they don't cut that quote down too much where um, is uh, it, cameron rising is a did he end up at utah is utah he's yeah. the ute we'll never hear he from that unathletic bastard again uh, they they have a quarterback coming back, don't they? Yeah, Utah always has some doesn't quarterback, he, like some weird quarterback. Doesn't he have never to sit out before. this year, or did Rising try to say Tom Herman sucks? That's a good question, I, I, Bob. Deserve, I don't know. I, I don't know if he did or not. Yeah, did the NCAA eligible. just continue? I think if you waivers? if you go to a school like a Utah or a BYU, if you go to school in state in Utah, but you take a second wife, you should get immediate eligibility. Don't you think that'd be a good rule? Did you read the uh, Did you read the Chris Steele? thing on the athletic i did not Mm-mm. so basically he said uh his mom got laid off from her job uh which uh meant that they weren't going to be able he wasn't sure if they'd be able to come watch him at oregon so the one that florida got her or the one that oh <laughs> man. apparently it was a school district job so that oh, was it where was he from uh oh he was from bosco wasn't bosco. he? yeah yep mm-hmm. read into that what you want don't you Ooh, think? Wow. wow. I mean, seriously, like, kid transfers into Bosco and all of a sudden his mom has a job and then he leaves and she doesn't well, have I don't it know anymore? that she got a job between the time he committed to Florida and... No, I'm talking no, no, about, no. like, he's, he's up in a high school. school. Did he go to Bosco because the mom was given a job and now it's not at Bosco and the mom doesn't have a job? Hmm. I don't I'm know just, if it I'm was I'm not here Bosco. to answer the questions. I'm I don't here know to if ask it, I don't know if she had a job at Bosco. <laughs> I don't. It didn't say in the athletic article. Good point. Carry on. Carry on. It could have just been a random school district. So so that's why he's decided to go to USC. So they, his family can be assured of seeing him. I guess Which his is, grandmother had some... Uh, his mother has to take care of his grandmother because she's got... She's on dialysis or something like that. Which is just 100% code for USC finally had a scholarship for him. Isn't that, yes. is that what yes. everybody thinks? And he did say that. He said at first he wanted to go to USC, but they told him they didn't have a scholarship. And then someone didn't qualify, so that yes. that, that opened And I, I would say after reading it, like when you hear about that, you're just like, well, that kid's a flake. We're never going to hear from him again. But I'd say after reading that, I've, I, I'm not writing him off completely. And I'm sure it doesn't sound like Josh read it, so. I did not read it, so I I it got to overkill. Like I didn't want to read anything more. I about know nobody Steel. cares because he hasn't been involved with OU for a long time. But we're talking about the transfer portals and all that. By the way, I do have another idea for a quarterback reality show. Oh shit! Um, we, language. Uh, wow! I think is that the first ever cuss word from Bob? I think it might be. No, and it, it wasn't was under his dramatic breath. effect. I loved it. You haven't even heard the pitch yet. What are you? Oh, shitting! Hey, We're gonna make hey. fun of some poor kid. No, it's not Guys. kids. It's not kids. This is the this is the we show. We make fun of losers. This is the show. Bob's getting close to being a father. This is the stuff that starts to happen. It's all coming. He's cracking up. A little it's bit. the it's Uncle right. Rico football camp. It's for men that might be in their twenties, never went to college, but still have eligibility. Can we get them a scholarship? Like this is the real thing. Oh, we got to figure out why Lincoln Riley's fantasy men's camp was postponed. Yeah, it was. Well, I can tell you that. <laughs> well, not enough people. They didn't have enough up. people. Yeah, wasn't it like twenty five hundred bucks? Yes. Yeah, it was expensive. 
I can see why they can't build a softball stadium if they can't fill that well, thing up. They can't win a, they can't well, build a softball stadium because they can't I win a national cl- championship. <laughs> okay, are we going? Are we going uh, aggressive women's softball hot takes? No. The people that are doing that, come on, seriously. What the they were upset? Softball like, hot takes. Those people are football fans that happen to be OU fans that watch softball, softball ba- fans that week. They became yeah. softball fans as soon Those, as they made the final. Yes. Absolutely, and they didn't even know that they were playing until they saw that Oklahoma was playing. Let's that Sharon Knightley girl sure can't hit the ball. <laughs> Absolutely, Sharon Knightley, one hundred percent. And those people are probably also the same people that think oh, I I step in the batter's box and get a hit <laughs> off softball anytime. It's only seventy miles per hour. It's the same people that said that they could after Jason White ran a five oh forty at the combine. That Absolutely, they could, they could run a four eight. It's the same people that we usually make fun of. They're poor. They're olds. <laughs> Guaranteed. And they're in a Facebook group. 1,000%. Or they started one. 1,000%. Absolutely. And the Facebook groups are just getting worse. I got invited to one called OUDNA. Jesus Christ. And when you get invited to them... Did it have the hashtag? It had the hashtag, yeah. <laughs> on Facebook. Okay, okay. That's important. I got invited to the Facebook group, hashtag OUDNA. And the bad Who thing is... Who are these people that start these? They just like memes, apparently. Um, so, like, when you get invited... You can't like just like uninvite yourself. Like it keeps showing you stuff like, hey, you've been invited to OU hashtag. Enjoy this photo of Lincoln Riley screaming at Mike Gundy. You can block him. Can you? I, I don't think so. I don't care. I would block him. You sound like you care. I just go on Facebook less because of it. No, you know what it is. Carrie gets on Facebook yep. a lot, I bet. You just you're you're in you're on it a lot, I bet. Why do you say that? Wait, what? Just what, well, I, we have the, the Sooner Scoop. Here? Yeah, we, the, thing, the thing is, you you are great at updating our our Sooner our Sooner Scoop Facebook stuff. You're like you yeah. are Sooner Scoop Facebook. I, I Spiegelman, I Spiegelman it sometimes. I just copy and paste <laughs> what we put on Twitter and <laughs> put it onto Facebook. Call it the Speegs. <laughs> yeah, basically. But uh, Nate Faken <laughs> got upset with you last week for saying that we had better camera equipment. Yeah, I don't. Before. Oh, is that what he was talking yeah. about? I didn't mm-hmm. know what he was talking yeah, about. For sure. Wow. Of course, the three of us know exactly what Nate's talking about, and Eddie's like, I don't even remember saying shit. I'm the same way, though. I don't remember what I say. I just say lots of random shit. I've been going home after the show in the mornings and, like, taking a nap, and I've been waking up and thinking, like, did I... Is it morning? Yeah, well, did I do that this morning? Like, I don't even remember... You mean to, like, your mentions and stuff? Or, no, just, like, waking up and literally, like, thinking, like, was I... Did I do a radio show this morning? Yeah, that, that ever happen? That happens. Okay, Eddie, we're cl- are we close to a year? Over a year that you've been doing this? Is it okay? Yeah, I, I want to say now that we've passed that mark. I was convinced in the first two months. I'm like, there's going to be some day he's going to be tired, hungover, possibly still drunk, and he's going to do that show like he and he's thinking he's doing the pod, <laughs> and he's going to say something crazily inappropriate, and it, it's all going to come crashing down. I was Not yet. Worried. I had a guy. I had I had a panic moment the other day because a guy tweeted at me and he said, "Hey, I just I just heard an f bomb. You guys might want to fix that before you put it on the podcast." And <laughs> like fix it before it went on the live radio. Yeah, like after <laughs> he goes and I because you guys recorded and I pulled up the internet to make sure that I heard an f bomb and I I confirmed it and so I spent the last ten minutes as a zombie pulling up our audio uh, machine. So I could go back and listen, and I said, "Frickin'!" 
I I've said it once and I'll say it again. The the guy commentary that, on your commentary, the play by play commentary guy on Twitter for radio, maybe the worst person in the world. Like they uh, never get it right either. No, it's like a couple of days ago I said something like uh, I think I said that oh you lost uh, eleven to three instead of sixteen to three after the national champ the first game of the mm-hmm. national championship and somebody tweeted me and was like oh you must have stopped watching it was sixteen to three like. <laughs> I, I seriously had to pause for a second. Well, you know, it was weird. I was, I okay, so the, the Hall of Fame thing came out, the nominations, and I was doing a like a commentary on Josh Heupel and how, like, people on the boards, like, I don't get you people. Like, how do you not argue that Josh Heupel is, should be in the College Football Hall of Fame? Like, yeah. you're just upset because he, he didn't have a great run as an offensive coordinator, and you've written up, like... It's not you separate it. it. College Football Hall of Fame is not well. It can be for coaches, but what he did as a football player is all that matters here. That's what he's up for. And if not for, I mean, what was weird is I I wrote it all out, and I thought that OU had only won four Heisman's since Josh. I they've won five freaking Heisman's. No, they won four. Th- no, I thought they won three. Oh, yeah. they've won four. Yeah, it's crazy. You forget Jason White, Sam yes. Bradford. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baker and the Mavis. last two, and the thing is, uh, Josh Heupel might have been the most deserving out of all of them because he won a national championship. We talked about this. Josh Heupel, the most important player of the Bob Stoops era. Absolutely, I yeah, said I this. Think so too. I said this. So Bud Wilkinson, when he walks through whatever room where he is honored as a coach, you have to pick. He doesn't a, walk anywhere. Right if, yeah, I know. I'm saying in, when in he did. the heavens or whatever. So he walks into a room, and he has to have the player that best represents his era as a football coach. It would be Tommy McDonald. Barry Switzer, that's debatable. I mean, I would think he'd be just flanked by the Selman brothers. Uh, but then you've got... None of those running backs? Yeah, that's yeah, the other I thing. Know. Yeah, I mean, there's a Joe there, Washington. There's a lot of, there's so many of them. There's yeah, I mean, a lot of choices. There, well, are you talking about represents to hear what Switzer like said what the program that. was like represents, or just his best player? Represents his most impactful player. And yeah, I don't think it doesn't have to be the best player because no. I think the best player would be probably AD, right? Of the Stoops era. Sure. Yeah. But yeah. the most impactful yeah. as far as building what that era of Oklahoma football right. was yes. is what you're saying. And maybe it's maybe it's uh hell, maybe it's Jack Mildren. Oh, I think that those are it's for all Switzer. debatable for yeah. Switzer. But I think with Bob Stoops, he has to walk through with Josh Heupel. Because he started, and, and you know what? I think Mike Leach might have to walk through with Josh Heupel too. Yeah, and that's just a one-year deal. But like everyone else that's come after Josh Heupel, like they won a national championship in a second year. Launched Mike Leach. It changed the entire conference. It changed the face of football in this part of the country. Josh Heupel was part of that. There's no, I, no, there's no way that he should not be in the in the College Football Hall of Fame. I completely agree. I think they both should get in. Him and I mean Roy Williams oh, yeah. is unbelievable. I think I have even forgotten and that was like in the the wheelhouse of my childhood, but to, how old like, would you have been in 01? Uh I was in 8th grade, so Okay. Like I don't know how old are you in 8th grade? 13? 13, 14, yeah, something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. But I mean I had forgotten and we Gabe Gabe and I talked about it on Monday like Roy Williams in today's time probably would have been uh i mean in in the later years earlier years he would have been a phenomenal he would have been an all-american linebacker wouldn't he 
Probably, yeah. yeah. That's what he'd be right now. He'd yep. be a winner. Like, we forget how good he actually was, and especially on the backside of his NFL career when the game had basically changed a little bit and he, I don't know, was phased out kind of the, the right way to say it. I said yeah, this I the other day. There's two players on defense that I've covered in my life that I put above everybody else that actually changed the game on the defensive side of the ball. One was Roy Williams, and the other was Indomitian Sue. Yep. Those two took over games on the defensive. I've never seen anything like it since. And, I mean, Jerry, I've seen guys like to... Julius Peppers, who was really good. Um, sure. But I can't really think of a just a dominant. And, and both Sue and Roy Williams, if I'd had Heisman votes, I probably would have voted both of those in the top three. I don't know where. But they deserve to be... You know, men, they deserve to be in New York as Heisman candidates, both of those guys. Sue is probably the only player of my lifetime that probably should have won the Heisman Trophy. Don't you the think? defensive player. Yeah, the only that, defensive player that has a legitimate, he changed, like that game uh, against, it was against OU and Lincoln. Yeah. yeah. He f***ing <laughs> killed everybody. One of the most there was nobody awful, left. Still shell One of the most awful games I've ever <laughs> witnessed in my life. Is that the seven turn or six turnover game? I think it was seven yep. interceptions. It was. God. It was, it was that was the bad. start of the Landry. Uh, it literally. Like, oh my God, if he gets rattled, this guy's going to, he's going to ruin everything it for everybody. It literally turned into a game of 500 for OU offensively. It was just Landry dropping back and throwing the ball <laughs> down the field as far as he could. See what they come were up so one dimensional. Or is not even like one season? dimension. It was like no dimensional. Was, yeah. There was no dimension to that offense. I, I agree with Eddie. In in 2009, Sue should have been the Heisman Trophy winner. He was the best player in Who won it that year? year. Uh, uh, that would have it been. Was, uh, it was, wasn't that one of the. Uh, that was uh, the. Ingram? Uh, what's his name? Yeah. Mark Ingram. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, was that uh, right? Okay. Then you, like, nope. 2013. Like, it wasn't 2013. Or was it? No. What? 2013 no, Heisman winner is Jameis Winston. No, oh nine is what? It was two thousand nine. What am I thinking? Yeah. That was Why was I thinking twenty thirteen? Don't know. <laughs> Jesus. Never mind. Carry on. Uh what what I was gonna say though was I think Sue and 09 is the only year I can remember that was better than Roy Williams in two thousand one from a defensive player. Like I don't Roy Williams that year, every time OU needed him, he made a play. He just found a way to make that Kerry, you talk about an ugly-ass game. You remember the Arkansas Cotton Bowl game? Oh, yeah. It was cold as hell. It was like a 10 a.m. kickoff. That was awful. I was <laughs> drunk as I could be. Um, they painted that field some yes. weird-ass oh, green. Oh, it was, oh, Bob. Like, every guy, I the know. first five minutes, every guy is just green. I mean, just green. It was <laughs> unbelievable. Um, but, I mean, Arkansas literally couldn't go anywhere because of Roy Williams. Like he would just stop everything. I think they had it, it, fifty-seven yards of total offense or something that game. Something ridiculous. <laughs> Look up two thousand one uh, Orange or it would be two thousand two uh, Cotton Bowl, Eddie. The Arkansas game. Yeah, box score. Dude, two thousand two Cotton Bowl box score. I slept in a car that night. It was the day after uh, New Year's, wasn't it? Yes. It was like 10 a.m.? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I slept in a car that night. With Sorry, Mom. C-Rate Fox announcers. Who oh, yeah. Because Fox, be that was Fox that was their only gone. college football game. It was like... Uh, what are we looking for? I think it was Pat Summerall. Total yards for... Uh, total offensive yards for Arkansas. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
What was your guess? I thought it was 57 yards. 50. It was 50. 50. <laughs> they had had they had six first downs. I mean, there was there was series last year. Oh, you probably gave up six first downs in drives. <laughs> the, Army. 50 yards. That 01 defense. They had never more penalty yards than total yards. But you look through that roster, that's one of the better defenses like in school history. Sure. That's that wasn't they were like, stacked. Roy, Tommy, Teddy Lehman, uh, I Dusty. mean, you just run down the list. Yeah, Dusty was, a, I mean, was a standout as even as a freshman. Uh, I mean, Dan Cody, Larry Jimmy Berdine. Wilkerson was a damn good player. Yeah, Jimmy Wilkerson. Uh, I mean, there was Brandon Everidge and Roy Williams are your two safeties. I mean, you had some dudes. Man, I wish they had the Derek individual Strade, players on Andre this. Wolfolk. Yeah. Let's see if they can get it somewhere else. Teddy and was it Teddy and Rocky that year? Was that Rocky's last year? Was Rocky still there in 01? I can't remember. I believe so. Because he was a junior was, when they won the national championship, right? Rocky? Right? I want to say that's right. That This would have been 2001, be right, When did we interview him in Tennessee? Here it was go. with Jason. Yeah, you're right. No, he was, damn, he got drafted higher than I remembered. He was NFL drafted 02, uh, and he was a third round pick. Gosh, this throws. is I didn't realize. Just that. think about this. Here's some names from the defense. I, I finally found it. Rocky Kalmus, Roy Williams, Teddy Lehman, Corey Heineke, Matt McCoy, Brandon Everidge, Derek Strait, Jimmy Wilkerson, Brandon Moore, Dusty Dvoracek, Barry Holloman, some little guy named Tommy Harris, Antonio Perkins, and that was Corey Klein had a tackle, Jonathan Jackson had a tackle. I mean that's a that's a who's who list. Those were all guys that recorded tackles in that uh, Cotton Bowl. Let's see. Rocky how many Kalmus, national award winners? Do you Rocky have? Kalmus led the way with uh, ten tackles that day. Two tackles for loss. Fumble recovery. Well, yeah, Tommy Harris. Uh, uh, Tommy Outland, won an Outland. Didn't Outland. He? Yeah. Uh, Derek Teddy Strait and Rocky both won, won the butt kiss. Derek Strait won the Nagurski and the Thorpe. Yep. Williams did the same. Are we going to say the same thing about the 2017 offense here in a few years? That was a young C.D. Lamb before he became a superstar. Yeah, I got to tell you, Ryan Broyles not panning out is probably, to me, the most disappointing thing. Did he not pan out, or was it more of a... ACL. It just the injury thing. He just never could get over yeah. the hump. He, he just was never, with the Lions for but, a couple years yeah, but he and just never, never really... He never really never made his way onto the field Yeah, either, true. Though. When he was healthy. Ryan Broyles, uh, I'll never forget sitting in that south end zone when he got hurt against A&M. Yeah. Uh, that was kind of the... You kind of knew. Like, that was... Not only was he out for the rest of the year and his career at Oklahoma was over, but that was one of those injuries that... Uh, I don't know well, if it lasting the is the right too. way, but oh yeah, they, they had nobody else to throw to. Yeah. I mean, it was third and seven, throw to Broyles. Yeah. Second and five, throw to Broyles. Yeah. <laughs> like, the he was the answer was throw blanket, to Broyles. Blanket, yeah. All right, well, I know you guys have to get over to basketball. Um, we're, we're okay? You don't need to leave early then? Bob, Bob's gotten really... Still got an hour. We need to ask Bob about <laughs> the baby and the progress. <laughs> Going well. Instead of Josh talking about his family all the time. It, Good God. It doesn't so sound like she's coming early. Hmm. We're still on time. We're at 38 22nd is the due date? Yep. We're we're still going just fine. It, things are getting a little tougher for my wife to move around. And is she things. yelling at you more? 
No. It's been pretty calm. I've been very, answer, very surprised. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, you know, and we got the, the patio done. So we're going to clean that up, shop vac it, mop it, start putting furniture in there this weekend. We got the nursery done this last weekend, too. We're almost there. Yep. Until that demon comes out, Until Bob, you say sweet <laughs> things about the wife. <laughs> I referred to both of mine the same way. I'm really Just curious how this wise. is going to go. I'm really curious. Huh? I'm going to see Half Dead Bob. Just see what it's like. I'll be posting stories at three in the morning. Hey, uh, this is sent. <laughs> this is ready for you. It's all right. I'll be waking up at five and getting it. So. I think it'll be more colorful than that. Bob's like, post this shit or I'm going to kill somebody. <laughs> On a selfish note, it will mean I'll miss the five-star and the opening. And since we get access to the opening this uh, this year, that's a, you know, oh, you know, there's not, not much I can do about it. Apparently the Rivals War is dead with the opening. You weren't there, Bob. I wasn't there, yeah. but you better be. Yeah. <laughs> can someone claim a victory in that? Uh, no. I wouldn't, Nike, that wouldn't. Nike has just walked. Yeah. Nike is no longer... I don't. I don't know if they got spooked over all the Adidas stuff going on in basketball or. Ooh, that's an interesting. I didn't even think about it that way. I don't know if. I mean, I don't know if that means anything, but I don't know if grassroots is a dirty word for them now or. Because that's the big thing about the opening. You go to the Nike headquarters. Yeah, it wasn't about Oregon. going to Frisco. Yeah, it was about going to Nike and establishing kind of relationships with kids and impressing them. And that's an interesting theory. I'd I'd never thought of that either. I don't know that that's the case. I'm just yeah, no, I, but it makes sense. Like it does you want to distance yourself. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's like you know the thing that we do. Our five star, like the NCAA, is actively involved in everything that we do, and I'm sure it was the same for you know the opening. But it's like you work. We have a compliance officer that works with the NCAA to make sure that nothing you know crazy is going on. So. I don't know. It's it's a new world. It's going to be, interesting. but yeah. I mean, we'll get to see. Uh, Brock Vandegrift this weekend, and then he'll be at the five star. Uh, I know names are coming in, Josh, but uh, that's coming up on the twenty fifth, twenty sixth. I believe twenty sixth of the day, uh, June twenty sixth is when we'll be out on the field with the guys. Media day will be on the twenty fifth. But uh, just just quickly, uh, any names there? I know people are still committing, but any names there for people to know about? Well, I mean, you know, fortunately, a lot of them that we're going to talk about, they've seen most of I mean, like we were at, you know, we saw Brock Vandegrift in Atlanta. We saw, oh, you know, you could get into Justin Flo and Keely Ringo if you want to, you know, still kind of have those conversations. Covington. Um, yeah, Jacoby Covington, we'll get a chance to see again. Uh, so, I mean, there are some guys, but I don't know that it's going to be names that Oklahoma fans, you know, haven't had a chance to see because – you know, we, we hit the road pretty good this spring. So we, we, we've seen a lot of these guys. What, I, what I'm interested in is getting to see some of these guys um, kind of step out of their comfort zone. Guys, they you know, like Jacoby Covington and Ringo, those guys are going against dudes they knew well, you know, out in L.A. because they've been in the same seven-on-seven stuff, same camp circuits. They've done all those things together. Well, what are they going to do against the five-star dude from Florida? What are they going to do against, you know, like you get a better feel – for what those guys are about. Another guy we'll get to see, and this is just me being the O-line nerd that I am, Cedric Van Pran is a guy that I can't wait to watch again. Um, Kerry, 
I'm a little concerned he's just going to watch Eric Gilbert the whole time. Um, he kind of gets lusty about tight ends, so he, he t- you know, ooh, wow. That comes like off wrong, too. I didn't, I didn't plan it, but I really like where it went. Um, mm, I, don't, I don't approve. <laughs> oh, what about you, you know, Mr. Low T last week watching high school kids? I don't, it's I don't fine when I'm, lectures. It's fine when I'm doing it to you, but I don't like it the other way around. <laughs> but, uh, no, so, I mean, you know, there are – a lot of guys. What'll be interesting is it's not going to be heavy Texas guys because I, you know I've said before our Texas runs this year weren't a that heavy in OU guys and b weren't particularly great stops. So there's not a lot of the guys that you know we've already had a chance to cover. So we really get a chance to watch these guys like Jacoby Covington, these guys from all over the country. Because when I saw Jacoby Covington back in the spring, that was like mid February. OU was involved but it didn't feel the same way i mean it didn't feel like his commitment could happen at any point which it's felt like for about three months and it's kind of coming out the other side now but it like i said you we get to watch those guys as to where usually when we're at the five star we're watching theo weiss or trajan bridges or some of those guys that we know really well and have miles and miles of video but we have to watch them this we kind of get to watch the guys we don't get to see every day Josh, would you ever consider maybe inviting people that didn't show up to a camp? Kind of talk about Dante Manning or someone like like that one. They just didn't. They I think when Kansas City camp came around, he still attracts stuff. You think there'd ever be a consideration to bypass that one part of the requirement? Selfishly, I wish there was. At the same time, I totally get why they wouldn't. Because then, what's the point? Like, well, you made that allowance for him. You know, what about me? I don't want to come do this. So, the ones that bother me, you know, if a kid can't make it, that's cool. Like, I, I sort of understand that. You know, like you said, if you have track or you have, you know, family obligations or whatever, there's a hundred other things you can do that are more important than going to a camp in, you know, Kansas City or Houston or wherever on a random Sunday. But, the guys that piss me off are the dudes that show up to the camp and are like, "Well, I'm here. I want my invite." You're not working out. You're just they standing just check over there in watching. And then take off. Yeah, and- like I, dude, don't do that. Like you're you're making yourself more important than everybody else out here, and that's fine if you feel that way. But you tell them, there, Josh. There's no, there's no reason to feel that way. Oh, dude, I'll, I'll old man Josh it hard. But uh, <laughs> it's been a little while. We haven't had an installment of that in a while. But uh, you know, I guess I'm just on the lecture tour right now. Whether it be you Twitter really are, or you're going for so, it strong. Yeah, I'm I'm all over the place right now, yelling at people. So One sorry, we'll take over you. the Senate. No, you won't. You'll yeah. be dead by then. <laughs> I'm gonna be president, Eddie bastard. No, you won't. We're not electing olds presidents. We're electing <laughs> reality stars. Oh no, banned. That's a week. No, that's Eddie. a fact. That's a fact. <laughs> Any uh, anything in, of interest that you guys have noticed about uh, check-ins so far with uh, players coming in for for the summer? So far, ev- everyone is enrolled except Stacy Wilkins wasn't as of two days ago, but Stacy is on campus. So you have a you know obviously can't be bad if he's on campus. And yeah, it's just finalizing things, which is great. That means the 2019 class. And he did have a tweet had, not too long ago about you know his his scores or something, didn't he? Well, yeah, that's what it was. Cause I I, I talked to him last uh, 
last week. It was the fact that he had to either improve his grades or improve his ACT score. Instead, he did both. He made sure he was, you know, there on both ends. So probably just some paperwork issues. Exactly. And that means the 2019 class had zero issues. Every single kid made it. There was no drama whatsoever. I know me and Josh talked to a bunch of them during this this last week, and that'll be something that we'll try to run during the summer when it's when these when camp season's over. We'll start putting those stories out. See you in July. See you in July. In other words, by holding back on this, Bob, you son of a bitch. <laughs> You've been with these scoop guys too long, Bob. Get lazy like there. them. Right. I did put it out. I put my little news and notes. I just got got to do the whole story now. All right. Well, of course. Even when we try to get Bob, Eddie has <laughs> a defense. Like, no, wow. I have a defense. Eddie has got some order of business. You know, we were talking about the old guy from uh, Golden State that uh, got pushed. Right. That pushed yeah, Kyle yeah. Lowry. There's some news out on him. There's some news oh, out on him, yes. obviously. Ooh. Warriors announce... Minority investor Mark Stevens he is not a, allowed to attend any more NBA Finals games after inappropriate contact with Raptors. He had a special badge on. He had like some crap. sort of badge. He was a minority owner yeah. with the Warriors. What a wow! That's not going to go over well in the locker room. What was that? Was that first dead spear? Did they get right that there. first? That's who I saw it. What a jerk! Sitting in the gay biker seats. Can't do that. Can't do that. Yeah, because you you see the lanyard. You know he's someone special. God, what an old. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what an absolute old. Oh, look at his shoes. Those are the most offensive things that are. Are they New Balance? The They're like yellow and blue. They're the warrior colors. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow, well. this is breaking breaking news going on now. Interesting. That's fantastic. I love it. Yeah, it's pretty funny. They uh, got to keep me interested in this damn thing somehow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so that that might actually make me watch game four. I didn't watch game three at all. It's uh, going south quick if Toronto wins another one. All right. Uh, appreciate it, guys. I know you got to get over to Lon Kruger. Uh, yes, looking forward to that. And uh, we'll be back again next week as we get closer to the five-star challenge. Uh, and uh, as players and, start checking in. And, and uh, there might be some news later this afternoon if you're listening early. Yeah, I was going to say, oh, yes. do we want to hit on the <laughs> Seth McGowan stuff? Is it? Is that what we think it is, that it's possibly a commitment? or he? Uh, for those that you know haven't checked Twitter, don't know what Eddie's talking about, he announced about, what, Eddie, about 30 minutes ago probably? Yeah. That, uh, I guess, easier to say this because who knows when you're listening, at 11 a.m. on Thursday morning, that he had big news today at 4 o'clock. Now, he's already released a top four. Everybody kind of knows where he is. And Seth is not the kind of kid – to really run big news, and then I've cut my list to three. You he's know, not like, a I don't glory really hog. See that. No, no, he's not. So I would guess he's going to announce a decision, and I feel pretty good about Oklahoma's chances. There you go. All right, good stuff. Uh, we will be back with you guys again next week, so appreciate you all listening. Uh, go check us out at Soonerscoop.com. Uh, also, don't forget to like, rate, subscribe. Uh, on iTunes, Google Play, whatever your uh, podcast platform of choice is. So uh, until next time, it's been the Unofficial 40 on Soonerscoop.com.